Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. If it's not congruent with exactly what we're expecting in our head, that will sometimes drive people away. And that has nothing to do with the person in question who's been ghosted. It has everything to do with the person who's doing the ghosting. This is On the Fence with Monica Oxsamit. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have yet another exciting guest, but we're going to change things up a little bit. For those of you that are loyal listeners and have tuned into every episode, you know that I can't stress enough how I think that everyone could benefit from talking to a therapist. So it couldn't be any more fitting than to have a therapist on to talk with me today. And we have none other than TJ Hoig, who is famous on TikTok with what are you at now? 700,000? A million? Where are we at? I'm close. I'm about 790,000 followers. Oh my God, we have a Just famous kidding. celebrity on here. Yes. I mean, it's hard to keep up with your following. You know, it grows drastically by the day. I'm sure I'm sure you feel yeah, the same way. Been very blessed. It's, it's definitely been an interesting ride. Yeah, and that's how I found you. You showed up on my For You page. A lot of different reactions when you show up on someone's For You page as a therapist. People are like, oh, I didn't, <laughs> I feel attacked. Or, you, you know, all the different things that people feel insecure about therapy and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But okay, enough of the TikTok certification. Yes. Can you tell us what certifications you have so that everyone knows that you're legit and I didn't bring on some, some crazy person on here? Yeah, absolutely. I've been in mental health for about eight years. I've been in school. I did four years for my undergraduate. It took me about three years to get my uh, master's degree. So I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. My master's is in mental health counseling. Let's see, I've worked with Make-A-Wish, mentorship programs, after-school programs, psychiatric facilities for children. I worked in the largest prison in the state of Minnesota. I've been practicing as a therapist for the last two or three years. Two, two of those years were in school. And the last, this most recent year was outside of school and I got my licensure last year. And I live in Chicago and I've been practicing with a nonprofit since June. So I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Illinois. And that is public domain. So like if someone were to look me up, they could definitely find that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a nationally certified counselor. That's pretty much more than you asked for, but there you go. Yes, but that's fine. I mean, the point is that everybody knows that you're legit because I am people legit. Like, I, you I, know, I, people <laughs> can say like, oh, she just brought on some random person, called him a therapist. Yes. I think with our background noise, I think we should mention that you have a piranha. I mean, a puppy yes, husky named Balto who's I'm, singing I'm to us. Yes, my dog is, uh, he wanted to make sure that I didn't forget about him. So yeah, he cute. likes to make noise. Well, I'm enjoying this podcast a lot more now that I get to look at a puppy. Yes. I mean, don't take offense, sorry, but dogs are just superior to humans. Oh, I, I agree. Um, which is funny, but we talked about it, but I almost named my Peruvian dog Balto. Yeah, it's a good dog name. I agree. I'm kind of sad now that I didn't, that I let people talk me out of it. But I don't know, for whatever reason, I feel like his name actually fits in perfectly. So... 
it's fine. It worked out. But what made you pick the name Balto? Well, he's a husky. And that was like one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid because it was made into an animated film, Balto, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an animated movie. Uh, I only recently learned it was like kind of a flop, like box office wise. But um, I guess. Yeah, not a, lot, not a lot of people know that movie exists. Because I remember when I mentioned it, like I owned every single, almost every single Disney movie. I didn't own Balto, but I've seen it. And I have, I think I had like a children's book and then the regular book. I mean, I was obsessed with it. But I mean, obviously, because it has a dog. Of course. I think I owned all the VHS tapes of all the, I feel yeah, like my family too. did. Because I'm the youngest. So my older siblings had all of the VHS tapes as well. Okay. Well, today's episode has actually kind of been inspired by TikTok, basically. I mean, obviously, due to the fact that I found you on TikTok, but aside for that, I recently made some, I don't know, I guess you can call them skits for my TikToks, and they blew up, and it seemed like a lot of people related with them. When, and when you have the beard and stuff? Yeah, those. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, I wanted to make it more realistic. Like guys, when they in, imitate women, they just put a towel on their head. So I went all That's out. True. I, I drew on a beard. I drew, I had a mustache in one. I had a beard in the other one. And I actually even included chest hair. It's brilliant. I go all out with everything that I do. Yes. Oh, God. But yeah, so it turns out that I'm not the only one experiencing these situations. So I think it makes sense to to talk about it because, I don't know, this whole modern dating thing is interesting to say the least. Yes, it is. Dating has become more complex uh, in the the age of technology as far as like dating apps and pretty much social media in general has kind of made things quite a lot more complicated because people get to kind of curate their own images of themselves. Yeah. Uh, And then when we actually interact with them, sometimes they're entirely different people. So usually we experience like after... After a while, usually like that first week or two, like a person might seem like the person they're presenting themselves as, but over an extended period of time, that that usually starts to fade. Yeah. And then it's, I think it's what, like for three months, people can pretend to be somebody else, but after three months that like goes away. I think that's something I heard or read recently. That certainly would make sense because whenever someone's telling a lie, they need, you need to have consistency whenever you're telling a lie or putting on a false front and to be able to consistently do that over a long period of time. I mean, unless you're like taking notes and like, you know, remembering everything keeping a consistent story is eventually going to fade out. Right, yeah. Okay, so I feel like it kind of makes sense to, I guess for those that are lucky enough to be married and don't, don't have to worry about the nonsense of dating that it is today, I think it makes sense to kind of talk about a story that basically explains this whole modern dating phenomenon. I mean, not a lot of details, but I guess like, again, to get the point across. Let's hear all the details. All the nitty gritty. <laughs> okay, so it's a kind of a recent situationship that I was in. Never made it to being a relationship. I mean, you know, we all sit in this, the dreaded talking stage for eons and bounce from talking stage to talking stage. (laughs) But basically, we were friends for a while. I wouldn't say we were best friends or close friends, but he was always somebody that was always super supportive and something I could always easily talk to about many different topics. But we ended up grabbing a drink a few months ago. And and I mean, my intentions were never for anything other than a friend because I was back home at my mom's house and he was one of the few people or one of the only people that I basically really knew in the area. So I was like, oh, cool, a friend. But from that point on, he started texting me every single day and then he started talking about spending time together he was planning out dates he at one point thought he had covid so he went out and got tested the next day because he was like i can't imagine like not seeing you for the next two weeks and then romantic like in so a, in romantic a, in the age of coronavirus, that's what romanticism <laughs> right. looks like exactly I got tested like, for you. just for you so i could see you i know right modern day <laughs> romeo he spent time yes. with my sister my friends he would celebrate my accomplishments oh. and then when i mentioned catching feelings he didn't 
respond to me for a day. And then he came back with how he wasn't looking for anything serious, but things became serious and he's not in a place to be a good partner for somebody, blah, 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 which none of this happened anytime prior to me saying I've been catching feelings, whatever. And like I said, I've had these experiences many times just with different men and different variables, but I've never understood it. Like, I don't know, how do these men think that taking a woman out and, and you know, and talking about taking a road trip together or saying things like tell Pongo his dad is on the way. Like, how how are you surprised that things become serious and that somebody develops feelings for you? Like, it's only logical. I mean, I don't know, now after kind of pretty much TikTok, actually, I understand that is due to attachment style. But seeing as how you're the expert, you can tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. So attachment is our primary human instinct. So there's this study done by Harry Harlow uh, on monkeys where he got like 10 baby monkeys and set up two like artificial mom monkeys. One was a wire monkey with food and the other monkey was just head cloth with no food. And the monkeys, when they were placed in the pen with these two artificial moms, they all went to the cloth monkey, even though the cloth monkey had no food or nourishment, whereas the wire monkey was the one that actually had food. It helped support the idea that attachment is the primary human instinct. Aside from all that stuff that you didn't ask for to, to know about. Uh, it's all helpful. It's all interesting. <laughs> yes. There's four main attachment styles. There's avoidant, anxious, disorganized, and secure. And essentially what attachment styles boil down to at their core form is the relationship between a person and their primary caregiver when they're growing up. That's where it starts. That's when attachment styles are developed. So secure attachment is a balance between a responsive caregiver that's responsive to the needs of a younger person while also letting them develop independence. Anxious attachment is when a caregiver is too attendant to a young person's needs and they don't develop independence. So that's kind of like where you get like that clinginess, like that tendency. Avoidant attachment is when you have a caregiver who's not responsive at all to a child's needs. They have to be totally independent and take care of themselves. And that's kind of when you get that distant type of relationship. And then the last attachment style is disorganized attachment. That's when caregivers can be very close sometimes and very distant sometimes and it's all over the place and the younger person doesn't know what to predict in their primary relationship with the caregiver. And basically, once this happens at a young age, like these different attachment styles, it usually, it sets this, it's not like some creepy, weird Freud stuff. It's It just sets the dynamics for other relationships. Like that first relationship teaches you what to expect in other relationships. So right. when you have the primary attachment relationship with the primary caregiver, or whoever that is, um, that usually leads into, you know, early childhood and then adolescence and then, you know, adulthood um, as far as like how we not only interact with ourselves, but how we interact with other people how we interact in our relationships and some of what you're describing sounds someone and this is this is anecdotal I, I don't know this because I don't know all the details but it sounds more like an avoidant attachment style type as far as the desire to get close but also an intense fear of doing so which is something that is fairly common especially in I don't know I'd say avoidant and anxious attachment styles are the most common of all of the yeah. attachment styles yeah I would agree um, with that I don't know if I've met a lot of people with secure attachment to be honest yeah I don't think so either <laughs> that's pretty I mean rare. even see I I don't so can it all right so you're saying it like as a child but at what point yes. does it stop because I feel I don't know it's hard to obviously remember because I mean I, I was a child so I don't really know how my mom's style was but I feel my parents got divorced when I was like eight or nine and I feel like that kind of pushed me more towards avoidant which I don't run I'm just like logical and I guess I kind of understand that this is something that happens and I, I get why so when I do start catching feelings for somebody I start panicking and I do want to run but 
I, <laughs> I don't, I communicate with people and I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. Like, can we, can we toss? So like, I can, I can handle it. And that's always been fine. But I guess it's so also like maybe because women are a little bit more communicative versus men. Yes, it's true. Women have more neuro and I'm not a neurologist, so don't quote me on it, but they have more neural flexibility. So like they, the hemispheres of their brain go back and forth a lot better. Whereas men tend to hyper-focus. That's why they're such bad listeners sometimes where they can focus everything in one hemisphere of their brain. Like they're usually le more left brain, but anyway, not really information you're asking for, but some information nope. that you got. But it is interesting. I did also read a book, but I mean, we're going to, we already discussed that you're going to be our um, resident therapist, Yes. but I read the book of women are from Mars, women are from Venus, whatever, but they talked about, again, off topic, but kind of on topic, but men want to problem solve. And that's why they're also bad yes. listeners. So when you tell men a story, they're trying to think of like how to fix it. And I remember that's something that I argue with my ex and I was like, I'm not, you're not going to fix this. This problem isn't fixable. I just want you to listen because I'm venting. You need to just sit and listen and go, wow, that sucks. And that's it. And I feel better. But I didn't get that that was like a thing that men did until I read the book. So yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's not so good, but like as a therapist, like we're supposed to not do those types of things. But like, I definitely like when I'm talking to like family members or like, you know, people I'm friends with or close with, I definitely tend to problem solve it as well. So like well, no one's just, immune. We're just confirming that you are in fact a man. That's all. <laughs> I am a man. Yes. I uh, <laughs> didn't know if we had mentioned that yet, but yes, I am. There you go. Okay. And then I would say another super common part of modern dating is our favorite ghosting. Yes, and I, I think I speak, I think I speak for everyone when I say we all despise it. Yeah. So I don't have like a lot of personal experiences with ghosting in my life. Luckily I've had it here and there, but I don't have like the person just like falls off the face of the earth. I think the most I have seen it with is with this one actor who slid into my DMs a while ago. And this, this was also one of the skits that I did on TikTok. But for months he flirted with me asking me, questions, trying to get to know me, asking for me to send selfies. All of them were G-rated, no nudes. We don't do those over here. And I eventually became interested in him, logically. He then kept talking to me about taking me on a date, even told me that a date that he would be in town in New York, asking me to keep that evening available for him. And then that date came around or like a few days beforehand and I messaged him asking him if we're still on. He read the message on Instagram, didn't respond to me. And then I did well at a competition and he messaged me congratulating me and saying, you know, great job, whatever. And obviously I said, thank you. And then I called him out on not responding. And then he came back with something along the lines of like, I just, I didn't know how to respond to you. Okay, cool. And then he told me another day that he'd be back in town and that we should get coffee and talk. And I knew full well, the same thing was going to happen at that point, but I just went with it. And I messaged him around that date again. And I asked him if we're still on for the coffee date. Of course he read the message, didn't respond to me, but he... I mean, he's still, I don't know, he still messages me from time to time. Like I said, I know it's not the typical scenario of ghosting that people experience. Typically, it's where, I don't know, people go on some dates or are seeing each other. And then the one person just stops replying out of the blue. And I don't know, I just... I, I can never understand this. I, I get like in-person interaction and confrontation is difficult, but how difficult is it just to send a text message of like, hey, I'm no longer into you. Hey, I started seeing somebody else. Like it, again, you're just sending this text message. Nobody's seeing your face. So I just don't get why people are capable of not doing that. Yeah, people people don't see when when we're dealing with like virtual dating, it's all it's all theoretical. It's all based on fantasy projection. It's not because when you haven't actually met a person, you really don't know what they're like. You just really have the curated image of themselves that they've put 
put out. And also the, let's face it, like when, when we text someone or you send a message to someone, we get to control every aspect of what we're saying in that message. Right. Like we can't, when we're talking right now, like you can't, con- we can't control body language. Like a lot of it's unconscious. Right. But like when we're texting, we can control every aspect and facet of it. So really. Yeah, you could go back and edit. Yeah, exactly. And when someone's interacting with someone who's this, you know, when we have an image of someone in our head, right? Like if I were to talk to someone on Tinder or on Facebook or on whatever platform it is, like I can imagine what they're like because our brain tries to fill in the, tries to fill in the blanks when we don't have the entire story of the, we imagine what that person would be like. And then as we start to talk to that person, sometimes if it doesn't, if it's not congruent with exactly what we're expecting in our head, that will sometimes drive people away. And that has nothing to do with the person in question who's been ghosted. It has everything to do with the person who's doing the ghosting as far as like they have a specific image or type of person that they're expecting the other person to be and they're unfairly putting that expectation on the other person and when they when the person doesn't match that expectation that they have sometimes they'll leave so it really has everything to do with the ghoster and nothing to do with the person who's being ghosted right but it feels like almost feels worse than rejection because like it's this person just couldn't even take the time to say this you know like it's they just Mm -hmm. ignored you they removed you and that's it so it just it literally feels worse than rejection right it's it that's um and i guess this so there's this thing called ambiguous loss in psychology so it's the idea of when we don't know how something really turned out we can kind of have a lingering feeling of what could have been kind of like bad ideas or like what you know what what happened like when you don't when you don't have the answers your brain is kind of left to try to figure it out for themselves so ambiguous loss as far as like not knowing why someone did or didn't want to be with a person that kind of leaves the, those lingering questions in a person's brain and they can be very difficult to process and deal with like, right. they can be overwhelming because it's like what what is it you know sometimes we'd rather know what went wrong not know at all because we could think of 10,000 different things that went wrong but if we knew the one thing that went wrong that would make us feel a lot better yeah for sure like somebody texting like even after like a first date of like hey I wasn't feeling this like you know I didn't feel a connection whatever is better than somebody just like not ever responding to your message and you're like well what did I do wrong what happened and you're like go through all these different thoughts and ideas through your head right and that's kind of like that's the thing I talk a lot with people about sometimes is that it's it's the our instant response sometimes is to think well what did i do wrong or what could i do better yeah exactly there's kind of like two tendencies that people tend to vacillate between i'm guilty of it just as sometimes when you talk as a therapist it's always good to preface like i'm guilty of doing these things as well like this isn't oh the people who are sick and like they can't figure it out but like there's two tendencies that people tend to have it's what did i do wrong or or what's wrong with the other person when in actuality it's sometimes it sometimes is black and white but more often than not there's gray it could be like 90% of someone else being, you know, not the best person or not being great. But really, there's usually reasons that aren't so like that. I don't know. I just I just think oftentimes if we can understand like how people are dealing with their own stuff and they make do stupid things sometimes it makes it easier to move past those things if that makes sense like if we can see the humanity in people it can be like okay well they might be going and that can sometimes uh, help people generally yeah I mean definitely that communication factor like there was a guy that wanted that kept texting me to go on dates and he would always schedule dates and then text me and be like oh my god like something like I can't do this anymore or whatever and then even went so far as to say I'm making you my priority now and then never scheduled another date and then he recently messaged me and I I was like why are you even reaching out to me like you failed on (laughs) two of our dates and never gave me like a reason and that was two months ago so like what do you want from me and he was like well I wasn't in a place to be focusing on dating and I was like cool well you could have 
just told me that like, hey, something came up. I can't be doing this right now. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like communication skills have just gone straight out the window and nobody bothers to use words nowadays. I think that's like the other part of it that I actually prefer sometimes is like sometimes acknowledging like humanity in ourselves as far as like someone treated you poorly, like you're you're entitled to being upset about that. Yeah, of course. Like like sometimes people don't give themselves permissions to like dislike people sometimes. I know that maybe that's not always the most common thing, but I think sometimes we're kind of taught not to be upset about things. Like it's like, oh yeah, they might be busy with something. But at the same time, it's okay to be like, well, it's not really uh, acceptable to be treated poorly by anyone. Yeah. Especially repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm guilty of that where I will, I always want to see the good in people and I make excuses Mm -hmm. for them rather than just seeing things for how they are, which I've something that I started working on because I like wouldn't even have conversations with people because I'd be like, oh, they did this because of this. And that's not correct because I could just have a conversation with them and that would just help the situation. But yeah, no. And and I've kind of learned that it's acknowledging that things just aren't okay and having a conversation with this person instead of answering them for myself. Yeah, that's what it's called, uh, drawing thought bubbles on people. So right. it's, it, it falls into the category of like cognitive distortions, which is something we all have as far as like we have, there's different aspects of our world, which we distort, which actually make it more difficult for certain things so like a good example of this would be in the dating world would be when we have if someone has one bad relationship they overgeneralize that's a form of cognitive distortions they overgeneralize and think that all relationships are going to be bad from then on out whereas in actuality they some of them could be good some of them could be bad but sometimes we assume we know what people are thinking when in actuality we we don't but it's easy to get like it's easy to have that kind of when we don't understand how people are behaving sometimes if we can't make out the rationality of why they would do things that aren't great sometimes we just fill in the blanks for ourselves but what you're saying is like talking to people sometimes can be a better alternative to doing that yeah absolutely I mean like I said like it had he I wrote him off and I was like okay well he's you know an a-hole because he did all of this and then all of a sudden just stops like for like what was all of that for which it just would have been easier if he was like hey I'm going through something like we we all have a life like we all have things Things that we're dealing with and same thing like I don't know like a guy going on dates and then just again ghosting you can just simply say like hey I'm going through something or like hey this isn't the right time for me to be investing in you it's just I don't know like I was also seeing a guy who for a few months and things were great he was awesome but it just never seemed something was always off a little bit and he called me randomly and um, he called you yes well <laughs> this was this people? right I know I mean it's that I was, love it but I hate it at the same right time <laughs> that he calls <laughs> don't Answer. don't answer well we, we had a conversation about it. he's like you know what i've come to realize that i'm just emotionally unavailable and this has been the problem from the beginning always with all my previous relationships and i never i always thought it was the other person but like now that i'm with you and like i see that you're everything that i would always want he's like i'm still the same way and he's like so i've come to realize that it's so me it's that's the problem me. yeah basically and he's like it sounds stupid saying it he's like but he's like that's literally it he's like i literally see that i'm just period un- emotionally unavailable and i need to work on myself versus putting you through, through the same thing that I'm, all my ex have been through. So like, I don't know whether this was a BS or not. I don't think so, but whatever. It was just still nice to have that conversation where I'm not left of like being like, well, what just happened? Like things were going great. All of a sudden they're not. Sure. I mean, you got some, whether it was genuine or not, it's impossible to really know. Uh, Only the person knows. But as far as like, you know, getting some closure, regardless, you got some closure. So that can always be helpful. Exactly. So like, I kind of just, I don't know, it sucked. But I was like, oh, like, it's not, it's not really my fault in this situation or whatever. For what he presented to me, I don't feel like it's my fault. I don't really feel like I could have done anything different because it supposedly was him. So I always say like, that's great insight. Like whenever I'm talking with someone in the therapeutic world, I always say that's great insight. And that, that, 
is great insight as far as like understanding that it's not it's not you it never someone what what someone else does in any scenario is that person's responsibility a person is responsible for their own actions and it's not a reflection of the person they're acting over and if we could just like shoot that into everyone's brain in the world we'd have we'd have a lot a lot better world like it's not hopefully this episode blows up and everybody can hear that yes it's it's the responsibility of the person who engages in the action and that's really difficult especially in relationships because whereas we project how we see other people sometimes when they kind of cut us off suddenly we project into ourselves as well as far as what's wrong with us like what's wrong with like it's like hmm better get to the bottom of this you know I feel like everyone has that conversation with themselves after any time they're ghosted but but in, in, in actuality that's just we're not responsible for other people's actions it is a tough lesson to learn that is that is definitely true no I agree I I think it was like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned because exactly what you said it'd be like well okay well what is wrong with me what did I do wrong but exactly what you said I think it's important for people to to grasp that fact I actually had a a situation with my dog as far as like he was being loud in the apartment as far as like he runs around Mm -hmm. so my downstairs neighbors were super upset because he's loud right he rarely barks but like he runs around Mm -hmm. so they told my my downstairs neighbors told another one of my neighbors who lives on a floor below that 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 neighbor needed to talk to me about my dog being noisy and they're like does that make sense <laughs> i don't it doesn't make sense that's kind of like what children i mean i don't even know if i wouldn't even insult children by, by saying that. and then that the second neighbor not the ones that are complaining about the noise but the ones that complained to that other neighbor said like they're about to lose their minds because of all the noise and i said to her i said this is the first like i've been told about it and also i'm not responsible for the pent-up emotions of another person who didn't come talk to me right i'm not responsible for that they can talk to me if they want to talk but like it's it it, for me like i i'm from i'm midwestern so like i still have the tendency to be like oh gosh how was i not courteous like i better (laughs) shucks i better figure this out right like i was trying to figure out like no i did but like in actuality it's like i'm not really responsible for someone else not talking to me about something like i'm not intentionally hurting people but they're projecting that i am as far as like creating all this noise right for sure and you i can like assume that these people are definitely the kind of people that ghost because they can't have the the (laughs) conversation with you to be like hey can you like your dog is super loud yeah they're a young couple and they, they came and talked to me like once and they saw my dog and then i i think they were like oh that's a cute dog i bet we can't be upset they, mm, they were i think yeah maybe not i installed like a huge carpet like a rug a double a double like an inch thick rug to like absorb the noise of him running around his area and i i sent i took a picture of it and i sent it to that neighbor lady and she was like oh i i said i think this will help with the noise and she's like oh i hope so It'll give some give everyone some peace and i was like this is the one that was downstairs downstairs or the people right below you downstairs i didn't say anything back because i just would not have been helpful but like it's like you can't you can't please everyone and you're not responsible we're not responsible for other people yeah i think that's definitely like the biggest takeaway that people should have from this is again like just you're not responsible for people's Mm -hmm. actions and for people's words like of course you need to work on being a good person yourself but there's times that you can do everything correct and people will still project onto you what they're dealing with or like what they have dealt with and you're just still like i I literally did everything that i could to be nice to you but for what reason it's so fascinating it's like crazy i feel like like i 
keep saying in every episode, I feel like if people just spoke to therapists, we would just have a much better world. We would communicate better. There'd be so much less conflict. Yeah, I think I think I think anyone could benefit from talking with a professional as far as like sometimes, you know, people have the power to, you know, solve their own problems and be, and be very independent. Therapy is just kind of about encouraging people in the strengths that they already have. Yeah. It's not about telling people that they're sick or that they're you know, right. Like, but that's what that. that's what people think that that it's like, oh, you you have issues if you're going to go see a therapist. Well, fun fact, we all have issues. <laughs> right. Most even if you come from a, and, but even if you come from a perfect household, like you're still going to have some kind of issues. And you don't even like it, just building on. It's like not even having issues. Like sometimes just being truly great. Like having a therapist can help you if you're at a, a level of like high achieving, like you can get even better. Right. You know, it, it's exactly. not just like deficit. Oh, absolutely. Like I, it, this was the craziest, but I mean, this, we can kind of get more into this on, on future episodes, but like a summary, which I didn't even realize how much this impacted me but this therapist that I just met that day he had this whole thing he's like well why don't we write out the five most impactful people in your life and we're gonna have a conversation I would pretend to be these people and you're gonna talk oh, wow. to me like you would talk to these people and oh, like, wow. it's, that's good yeah. yeah it was it's amazing a, 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 I love that you're getting excited about it yeah it's like the empty chair tech yeah and then he like I've had a lot of issues with dealing with my my parents divorcing and I've, I haven't had a great relationship with my mom either because she's Eastern European and I left to like live basically and have this perfect life that she never could have so it's just she's never ha- proud of me anyway so yeah. like I was sobbing hysterically to this completely strange man because he <laughs> like I would say these things of like what hurt me through the years and he would respond back with everything that like I needed to always hear it was the most emotionally draining day of my life but ever since I've just felt so much more at peace with everything it's crazy because it's just like seems so it seems so stupid that you're like having this conversation with a strange man and you're not really having conversations with these people but it's just I don't know it was amazing it was the, like literally the best experience of my life yeah yeah, the cool thing about therapists, really, because they're such they're an objective th- third party, it's like they can really take the role that they need to take in any situation. As far as right. like, sometimes we feel like we need to talk to someone like, but like sometimes the people that we're closest to, they love us so much that they just want to jump into giving giving us advice or just saying, oh, it's going to be okay and stuff like that. And whereas that's good and helpful, uh, sometimes we just need someone we talk things through with. And that's why therapy yeah. can be really helpful. Yeah, they don't have like those personal ties. Like I know like my mom will get into these he- heated discussions for absolutely no reason but it's because she cares so much i'm like can you stop please and like can you listen to me because you're not listening to me because you just became so emotional for no goddamn reason and like we're (laughs) fighting because you're so emotional and you care so much but like we're getting nowhere and you're getting upset i'm getting upset like yes tone it back so yeah same thing of like i it's just important to talk to a therapist of who has no emotional ties to you they're not gonna get passionate like they might yell at you when you're being stupid and you're like you're like hey i'm gonna text my ex no (laughs) i've told you a million times don't do that but it's different because again they don't have that emotional attachment to you they have no investment in you and i think one of the great things about therapy is that like if i think my client's doing something stupid like i can just like there's no uh, there's no collateral fallout for me as far as like i can say i think that's stupid what you're doing right like, and I, i'm not saying i do that but a lot but like but i think some people doing, need that yeah no i you know like i said like i was a i was a therapist in a prison so like i like i know how to be like you don't know you know bull bull stuff you know right like i get that do we do you swear on this podcast you don't swear uh, can't swear sometimes i don't okay it depends i'll just try to avoid it <laughs> that's better sometimes it happens yes 
how do you want people to reach you or if they want to find your your TikTok, your social media, where do people go? Everything's going to be linked, but I like to direct people. Yep. I can be followed at, at TikTok Counseling. I have an Instagram that I don't post anything on, but people should still follow me on there. I, I'm it. sure I will eventually once I stop working as much as I do. So at TikTok Counseling for Instagram and at YouTube Counseling, which also I have not posted on anything on. <laughs> But people should still subscribe to my page. <laughs> Thank you, TJ, for spending time with us and chatting with us. Like I said, you're going to be our our host. No, not host. Our yes, resident I will take therapist. over your podcast. <laughs> I will be. I will that. be. I will be on the on the fence. I'm not a fencer, but I can. I'll take over. Thank you. Mm, no, but we'll. You'll be back again. That's all. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd love to. This was fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.